Joining us in the trenches today, the Director of Strength and Conditioning for the Cincinnati Bengals, Joey Bose. And he's been with the team going into his fifth year. He came with Zach. He's been here the entire time. So is his staff. The continuity of Zach Taylor's coordinators and all the coaches and then the strength and conditioning coaches. It's it's a good thing. I mean, it, it, everybody's on the same page. And in this day and age, and as opposed to in the 70s and 80s, in the old days, when I was playing football for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, they have so many devices and instruments and things to help you now, these CPS tracking devices, and uh, or GPS, I should say, tracking devices, and ways to monitor what kind of an exertion players are giving and pull them back and increase this, make sure you hit this top speed this day, pull it back this day, diet, rest. Uh, it, it's, it's just amazing what's available to players through the Cincinnati Bengals and the strength and conditioning program and the training staff and everybody involved. I mean, athletes are taken care of today. And it's smart. It's smart. Every single one of them is a significant investment. You want to take care of that investment. Joey Bose and, the, and his staff do it as well as any in the National Football League. And most importantly, the players believe they have the best system. And when the players believe, then you get something that's solid gold. Appreciate you joining us once again in the trenches with Dave Lappin, brought to you by First Star Logistics, as always in our outstanding studios at First Star Logistics. And do we have a guest for you today? Uh, if you have not caught our initial podcast with Bengal Strength and Conditioning Director Joey Bose, please do because it's outstanding. And we brought him back for visit number two right here because round, it, two, round two, round two. First one was so. So good, so entertaining. Coach, appreciate your time. I know it's busy. Training camp, geez, it's it's over the halfway point already. I mean, time flies, doesn't it? Yeah, we're in it. I couldn't tell you what day it is, Dave. Uh, <laughs> it's training camp. Every day is is uh, Groundhog's Day, but uh, it's going well so far. Um, excited. You know, we got a, a walkthrough today, and then the Packers are coming in on Wednesday. Uh, should be a great opportunity for our team to uh, get some really quality work in. That, that practice uh, on, on Wednesday uh, before the Friday night Green Bay Packers preseason game, that's almost like another preseason game. It basically is a preseason game as such for a lot of starters that you know might not see action on, on, on the game in the game itself. Um, how, do you, how do you get ready for that? I mean, is, is it uh, do, do, you, do you look at it as the director of strength and conditioning and the best in the league at that. Uh, do you look at that as this is almost an additional preseason game? It's almost preseason game number four? Well, I think it's an opportunity for us to control the setting a little bit than a game, right? So right. Uh, you're getting full speed work against another opponent, um, and you're not bringing guys down to the ground. You know, you can kind of control Zach and, and Coach LaFleurs will control some of the settings, whether we want to do red zone work, third down work. Um, you can really put guys in situations um, that you want to see that you might not get an opportunity in a game or you don't want to expose maybe one of your top line guys to a game setting quite yet. Right. Right. And, and it, the, it's an interesting thing uh, with the success of, of making the runs in the playoffs uh, that the Bengals have done winning the division, making a run in the playoffs. 
40 games counting postseason, and then 46 when you count preseason games over the last two years. I mean, that's that's a pretty good toll. That's pretty uh pretty taxing, isn't it? I mean, do you have to kind of like take all that into account when you're when you're laying out what you think you might do from a strength and conditioning standpoint with the team? Absolutely. Dave, we're always looking at volume and intensity and um how much work these guys are getting. And fortunately in the last two years, they've gotten a lot of work. And I think we've, all right, we, we have adjusted our off season plan accordingly. Um, even our training camp plan, the way we ramp guys up, the way we do our schedule here is probably a little bit different than how other teams do it. Um, and everything that we do is, is designed to take care of our players, make sure that they are healthy as they possibly can be, um, and getting ready for when the real thing starts on September 10th. You know, there's there's nothing worse than than players saying my legs are dead on game day. You know, I mean that. And I had teammates, you know, back in the day, I had teammates that would say, "Oh man, I think I left my legs out on the field on Wednesdays and Thursdays practice." You know, it's like, dude, you know, we gotta we gotta figure something something out here somehow. And you guys are so good at that, and all the players. You know, talk about how the Zach and the coaching staff really take care of them, and and that that word gets around. And I think that's you know, Joe Burrow is obviously a big factor, but that kind of a um, a reputation that you've built, I think, is big with players on other teams. It's like, hey, they take care of players at Cincinnati. Let's move that uh, organization up my list a little bit here. Yeah, I mean, I I hope so, Dave. I, I think um, I know we take great pride in in making sure that our players feel good on game days. I, I played long enough um, as a player and even as a coach, I, I know what it feels like not to feel your best on game day. And, and that's awful. And as a performance coach, um, we are always thinking about that constantly. We're measuring how long practice is, how much they're running, how fast they're running, um, what days are off, all of those things uh, going to accord. And, and like I said, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So, we're, we're aiming for September 10th. There's, an, there's a certain amount of callousing the body that you have to do, not only um, physically, but mentally getting prepared for the grind of a season, which we all know is long and hopefully goes into, you know, late, you know, February um, is, is what we're hoping for. And so um, you have to think about that now, because if you don't, uh, you're going to get to the midway mark and, and maybe run into some problems that you could have avoided. Yeah, I mean, you as a player, you're three-time academic All-American at Wisconsin, had a great career there. You guys won back-to-back Rose Bowls, and uh, you also won the Sun Bowl. I mean, three bowl victories. You go and play up in Canada for the Calgary Stampeders. And, I mean, you, you had a good run. And, and how does how does that experience, like you're talking about, you know, you were there. You, you were on the field experiencing, you know, what you experienced. How does that How does that translate into what you're doing today in terms of, taking care of the players as such. I think that helps me tremendously in the job yeah. that I currently have. Um, you know, I, I remember it, it was a long time ago, but I remember what it feels like during training camp. I remember uh, what it feels like after a hard game or um, those sort of things. And so to keep in mind, just maybe when we push and when we pull back, uh, that helps me. It also helps the communication that we have with our players, the relationship we have, um, you know, the best feedback I get is from them and, and being aware enough and, and looking for certain signs, whether they're in the weight room or during a warm up or something. 
um, to to have enough. I don't want to say common sense, but but to know when hey we might we might have we might be to the edge of it right now. We might want to pull back so we can continue to move forward. So how do you monitor uh, that type of thing? I know you've got multiple ways to monitor players. You have tracking devices, GPS, all all that sort of thing. Uh, it's 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 a much different day than than back in the '70s and early '80s. I can tell you that that was that was not in anybody's mind uh, taking care of players in, in that regard. What, what kind of uh, what kind of instruments, tools, devices are at your disposal to to uh, help in that regard? Well, I would tell you it's changed tremendously in the last ten years. Even since I've been a strength coach, this will be my 16th season. Um, we didn't have what we have now. Um, to monitor players. We use Catapult. It's a GPS system. So every time our players are on the field, uh, they have a, you know, a chip or a device in the back of their jerseys that we put in. And that tells us a number of things. It tells us how fast they're running, how many times they decelerated, accelerated. Um, like I said, volume, the intensity, we get so many metrics off of uh, these Catapult GPS units. And then that helps us script the week and script the practice and maybe the month to come. Um, it also is a great indicator. We live track. So these, these metrics that we look at, uh, when I say live track, we always have Garrett Swanson, who's the head of our catapult department here. Um, he's out at a, at a practice on a computer um, every day we're out there and he can tell us exactly how far a guy has run, how fast he's run during that practice. So oh. if we're concerned, maybe that one of our players is, um, maybe a little sore or coming back from an injury. There's a number of ways we use it, but we can get live feedback. So, you know, we know exactly when to pull a player or if it's safe to continue to practice with this guy. Um, and, and how we use it, we tell it to our players three things, really. We try not to get too complicated with them. Player load, um, quality of running, and then high-speed running. So player load as a straight a performance staff and coaching staff, that's our job. That gives us a number of how hard that that practice was for each individual player. Okay, it's on us to monitor that. The right. two other ones are on them: quality of running and high speed running. So when I say quality of running, um, if if a player were to run three thousand yards in run in practice, we would want at least three hundred of those to be over twelve miles an hour. What we can consider running. Mm -hmm. Um, and so sometimes it's way more than that. Sometimes it's a little less, but what we don't want is slow slogging methodical practices. We want the practices to be fast when we're out there. We don't want to be just out there kind of walking around and jogging around. We want to be crisp and fast. And then the last one we look at is high speed running. That one's easy. Everyone loves that one. How fast is a player during practice? So right. We've had guys run up in the 21-mile-an-hour range at practice. Um, we have these metrics from the game. And what we do with that is we make sure that each player is hitting those top speeds at least two times per week. So in a regular work week for us, Monday's a lift day and film day. Tuesday is the player day off. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday are days that we're on the field practicing. So that high-speed running, a guy could get both of his high-speed efforts on Wednesday, he's good for the week. Right. But we monitor that. So if a guy gets to Friday and hasn't done it, we're going to do some uh, extra work with that player either before or after practice to make sure that they're doing 
that they're hitting those high speed numbers. So what is the highest uh, speed number that you've had since you guys have started using these devices? I mean, you, you said over 21 miles an hour, what's, what's the fastest in, in game and obviously in game probably would be the scenario because in practice, uh, you, you know, you hit a high speed in practice when you're in a game and being chased by somebody, man, you find that extra gear. What, what, what is the highest speed that you can recall? Uh, Cheeto Ouzier ran 22.2. Is that um, right? And so that's, wow. that's, that's at the top of the food chain there. We have a handful of guys, T Jamar, um, Cam Taylor, Britt, they're in the high 21s. Um, and not saying that those guys can't run 22 or 23, yep. They just might not have the opportunity to do that. Right. And so it's a lot different than like track speed, right? Where you're just running straight ahead and no one's in your way. Um, it's really based on opportunity sometimes when we see these high speed efforts. Yeah, that's that's the big thing um, is obviously the speed is translating uh, on the football field. These guys, this is a fast football. You can feel the speed of this football team. I can feel it every practice. You know, it's like it's functional football speed. It's not track guys trying to play football. It's football players that can really run, you know, like like track guys and not the reverse. I mean, and, and that's that's obviously uh, the way you want it. And that, that has that really shown up when you're when you're looking at the GPSs of the entirety of the offense or the entirety of the defense, say from you know uh, edge guys, linebackers, you know defensive backs. Does and, and then offensively with skill players, does it really show up in practices on a daily basis that speed? It, it does, and it's it's funny you ask that, Dave. I always give a presentation to the team uh, when we make the final cuts downs and the 53 men are set in the roster. Before we start, I always give a presentation about how we're going to practice to the players, what each day, what we're looking for on each day, and then a big part of that is is the GPS. And I always put up there a slide that's popular in the room is you know, the top 10 fastest guys on the team. In the last couple of years, we've done the top five at each position. And I can tell you, I was looking over these notes the other day. Those numbers have gone up and up and up to make that top 10 list. Now you got to be running 21 miles an hour. Wow. <laughs> like that's that to get in that where we're at. And so you're, you're right. This is the fastest team we've had since I've been here, at least uh, from a GPS standpoint, the monitor telling us that, um, and I think you see it on the field. A guy like Sam Hubbard, when he made the historic play against the Baltimore Ravens, you got a big old defensive end slash linebacker slash, you know, uh, versatile athlete that can do a lot of things for Lou Anarumo. What, what was that big body running at? Can you recall what his GPS number was like? I, in that? I think play? it was in the 18, 19, you know, it's somewhere in that 19 mile an hour mark. Um, Pretty good. And Sam works at it. Sam's a, a defensive edge guy for us and, he every week is out there. I think after practice, you get you see these guys sometimes. We call them ramp ups. Uh, and Garrett will be standing there with the monitor. We kind of have them build up, hit a top speed, shut it off. And as soon as they hit that desired number, we give them a thumbs up and they're done. Uh, but Sam is a guy who is super diligent at working at that week in and week out. So the two things that I know for sure, speed and your strength, they're not permanent. If you do not work on them, they're going to leave you. And so uh, we try to or we tell our guys, it's kind of like a race car, right? You got to rev that engine up. So on Sunday it's there. If you don't, if you're a 21 mile an hour guy and during the week you're running 16, 17, and then all of a sudden you got to turn and run and, and hit 21 in a game, yep. it might not be there. And so 
we want to make sure that our guys are fresh and, 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 you know, tuned up for Sunday. And that's why we do some of the things we do with the GPS monitor. And Sam's an example of a guy who does that, um, you know, throughout the weeks and throughout the season. Yeah. I would think if, if you, uh, you know, you have to get up to 21 miles an hour at some point during a game and you haven't gotten over 15 or 16 during the week, you have a chance of blowing a tire. I mean, you have an injury chance there. Exactly. Too. I mean, exactly. And so there's an injury prevention, um, you know, reason why we do this as well. You know, your body's got to be accustomed to doing that. Right. We have some really, really fast players. Um, and so we just monitor it. The guys have been tremendous. You know, I'm, I'm saying all the stuff that we do. It's really the players. It goes back to the players, the players giving the proper effort, the players being dialed in with the plan and believing in the plan. Um, and we've had tremendous buy-in with the catapult over the last four years. It's gotten better every year. Um, and I think the players know it's something that's going to help them perform to their best on Sunday. So your balance is, is, uh, is, is very, very interesting. You know, strength, endurance, speed, quickness. I mean, all of it, <laughs> there's, there's a, there's every, everything has a pot, you know, and how much do I put in that pot to make myself the best overall athlete and best overall performer I can be? It's it and it, it probably varies almost from athlete to athlete, doesn't it? Oh, for sure. This is all individualized. I mean, some guys can handle more than others guys. Some guys need different things. Um, and it's our job to make sure we're putting them in the best situation for them individually and right. then them what position group they play, right? So offensive lineman's gonna need something totally different than a wide receiver, um, and vice versa. And so body type, we also look at age, uh how old a player is, uh, what experience he has um, to this point. And so from an intensity and volume standpoint, we look at that a lot, um, but making sure that we're giving the players the right thing so they can perform the way their position coach asks them to perform. So a lot of times when players get a day off and they're not on an injured list or whatever, it's because, man, they've been really taxing uh, themselves with respect to the numbers that have been put out there on the GPS and you, you know, recovery is a big deal. You know I mean? The performance and recovery of performance is, is a, is as big a factor to lead to other outstanding performance, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, coach Taylor has done, a, in my opinion, one of the best jobs in the NFL, as far as how he organizes training camp, we go two days on one day off, two days on one day off. So we've adjusted that over the years, but really it's two hard days for the players. And then we have a walkthrough day then two hard days for the players, and then they have a day off. So they know when it's their time to go on those two on days, they're giving us everything they have, and then coach is going to take care of them on that third day, whether it be a walkthrough day or a day off. Um, recovery's come a long way since when I played and definitely when you played. Um, right. you know, the, le the length of practices aren't the same as they used to be. We're right. trying to keep them as short as possible, but making sure that we're – we're getting in the, the right work and, and everything that they need. Um, and then and then the recovery stuff is huge. Uh, how these guys take care of their body when they're not in the building is uh, critical to our success. You know, it, it, it is amazing to watch uh, this group work. It, even when they didn't have pads, they were maximizing every rep in terms of intensity and, uh, you know, just watching them, watching them move from a football standpoint was impressive. And, and how hard they, you know, go every rep uh, now that shoulder pads and are on. And uh, it, it, it's, 
you have to learn, right? I mean, you have to learn how to practice. Some guys probably come from other organizations and haven't gone through this uh, period that you guys have built over this five-year span now coming in, into the fifth year. And it's like, boy, I better, I got to learn how to practice the way these guys practice a little bit. Yeah, and that goes back to, like I said, I keep going back to it. It goes back to the leadership of the football team. Yep. Zach does a great job in team meetings, explaining to the players um, what each tempo means, what a walkthrough tempo means, what a jog-through tempo is, what thud is when we're not bringing the ball carrier to the ground, what right. what, what the expectation is. And then obviously full speed or full contact, um, those are kind of our uh, four or five ways that we're going to do it. Uh, and then the players police it. Right. Once the players understand and that's that's progressed over the years too. the players understand how we practice and they understand if I'm a defensive lineman, how important the guy I'm working against is to the team. Right. So right. whether it's DJ Reader working with Ted Karras and vice versa, they're both trying to get quality work in, um, but making sure that they're taking care of each other to the best of their ability. Yeah, that's a, that's great. When I was talking to uh, um, Ted Karras coming off the field the other day. And uh, he said, man, he said, I, I really am fortunate because I get to work against DJ reader every day at training camp, getting ready for the season. And I'm not going to face anybody any tougher, you know, <laughs> during the season. He's you know, so you, you, you start to get yourself, you know, sharpened to a very high level, very, very quickly. And, and when you are, when you're working against, you know, like the defensive backs and receivers are having good battles and, uh, quality offensive line, defensive lineman battles. I mean, those kind of things are are important and impressive. That's and that's how guys are getting better competition. And I think they, you know, our, we we got a really good football team right now. And, and yeah. you watch practice. You know, sometimes the best stuff to watch is practice because you're yeah. watching Jamar go against Cam Taylor Britt, or you're watching DJ and Ted battle each other. Um, and and I can go down the list of guys that are across from each other. Um, that at their position, respectively, they're one of the best players in the league. Right. So, how how do how do you uh, get the message across about diet and proper rest and all that sort of thing, which are key ingredients as well? Is that talked about on a on almost daily basis? Yeah, I th I think uh, that goes back to the relationships we have with the players and our door always being open. We have guys coming down asking us questions and. Um, and the more you get to know the players and they get to know you, I think that that some of those conversations become easier. And that's really how we do it. I think sometimes with a group of men in a room explaining, hey, guys, you want to go seven hours to nine hours of sleep every night. And that gets a little redundant. You know, right. they've heard it all before. They know what to do. But then it's dialing each guy on an individual basis and trying to help them. Um, most of these guys have 95 percent of it down themselves. Yeah. Right. Our job is maybe help piece together the 5%. Hey, here's a, here's a trick you could use for sleep, or here's something you might want to think about recovery or, Hey, if your legs are still feeling heavy, why don't you try this trick? Um, and some of it works for guys and some of it don't. Everyone's got a different routine. We're getting a brand new recovery uh, center here, if you will, in a couple of weeks. And I think that's going to be a huge step for our team. Mm -hmm. uh, we're getting some, some different devices that they can use. Uh, which I think will help. And everybody has something different. They go to different massage people, maybe a different chiropractor. Maybe some guys like dry needling, some guys don't. But the recovery tools uh, have come a long ways in the last couple of years, Dave, that's for sure. Yeah, there's there's, there's no doubt about that. I mean, the uh, training camp, I, 
I, I think it's a perfect length now. I mean, what what's your feeling, feeling, Coach, about um, three or four preseason games, or even knocking it down to two in terms of preseason games? You, you, and and you're a big part of it. I mean, guys train year round. They're in such good shape. What do you think? I mean, what is there? A, is there a number that hits you right, or are you okay with it is now? What's your feeling? You on know, it? we've looked at that with the data, with injury data over the last four or five years, quite a bit. Um, I do think there is something to callousing the body and making sure that they're used to that stimulus. So you don't run into that injury bug, maybe week two to six in the season. Um, but if there was a magic pill or if there was a a perfect way to do it, I I think we'd all be doing it that way. Um, there's different philosophies on that. I think exposing our top line guys to just a little bit of work is, is a good idea. Um, but then the balance of what is too much, uh, Fortunately, our team has played an extra three or four games the last couple of years, and we are hoping to do that again. Um, and so, you know, the, September or whatever the next the preseason game is, you know, is that game really going to affect November, December, January? I don't think right. so. I think the opportunity we have tomorrow against the Packers is a great opportunity to do some of that work for our top line guys. When you um, sit down with Coach Taylor – and the entire staff, I'm sure you guys all all meet frequently together. You almost map out, uh, not not cast in stone, you know, here's what we're going to do in terms of strength and conditioning for the entire season. But here's maybe like an outline, and then we can make adjustments accordingly depending on a lot of variables that might unfold during the course of the season. How do you do that? How do you take the big picture of the season and maybe, you know, start to piece it all together? How does that process work? Yeah, I do that with Zach uh, a lot in the offseason. We've gone over it uh, to where we feel right now. we got a pretty fine-tuned system going with how we do it. Um, And me and Zach, he'll sit down and I kind of say, okay, we're going to go hard here, back off here. Um, we got a good blueprint right now. Now the important part is once we have it mapped out, now it's the communication. Hey, we thought this was going to be a hard day. We're going to, the GPS, we're too high in the numbers. We're going to back off. Um, being able to pivot, I think, is a very important thing to long-term success. And it starts, like I said, it starts with Zach, but then the position coaches too. There's times at practice where we'll be in a position coach's ear and he'll kind of adjust a guy, maybe an individual, maybe where you wouldn't notice a guy's getting adjusted a little bit just right. to kind of ease off or make it a little bit easier on that player uh, based on some of the GPS data that we have, but we lay it out. uh, And it's a, I say, it's not like one meeting. So we'll lay out kind of this thing and then we'll meet again, maybe tweak a couple things, meet again. By the time we get to this time of year, training camp, Zach's got a great plan for what this period of time looks like. And then in through the season. Um, And then if we have to adjust, be willing to adjust. With the success that you talked about that the team's had the last couple of years becomes more national attention and long weeks and short weeks, you know, it's not Sunday at one o'clock every day or every week is the game. You know, you're playing on Thursday nights, you're playing Saturday afternoons, Saturday night, Sunday, Monday, you play almost every day of the week. It seems like how crazy is that in terms of trying to schedule around that type of a scenario? It makes it harder. If you're playing every week at one o'clock, it's it's pretty sim- not simple, but it makes it a lot easier to plan things out. Right. Especially when you talk start talking about playing on prime time. So 
primetime or night games. Now you're saying night game on the road. Okay, night game on the road means you're getting back to town 3, 3.30 in the morning. And so what does that do? That adjusts guys rest the next day. That adjusts what you want to do the next day. That might affect what you do on Wednesday because, you know, that 48 hours, you're, you want to make sure players are recovering um, properly. You start talking about Thursday games, Sunday night games, all those things. I think when the schedule comes out, I am one guy who is glued to the television to find out right. when's our bye week, when's the primetime games, what's the week after that, what's the week before that. Um, but from a planning standpoint, that does make it a little bit more difficult um, to make sure that the players are, are rested enough for what's coming ahead of them. You find that uh, sometimes you're in a situation where these athletes are so highly trained. It's like they're thoroughbreds and thoroughbreds will just run themselves into the ground. You know what I mean? Unless they're, unless they're, Hey, pull the reins back a little bit. Do you have to, is it, I, I, I bet some players really appreciate you guys saying, Hey guys, we love the way you're working. You're working your tails up, but man, we got to pull it back a little bit here and there. I mean, because they just, they just continue to almost run themselves into the ground. Some guys I bet. Yeah, Dave, we, we have a ton of guys. Um, that fall into that category. Right. right. And so it's our job. Those are the kind of guys you want on your team. You want hard charger, gritty guys, guys who are about ball. Uh, and we have a roster full of those guys. That being said, sometimes you have to, you have to protect them against themselves. Yeah. Right. And so um, more is not always better. And so when you, especially in the course of a football season, um, we, we definitely, take those into consideration and then knowing our players, right? We have, we have to know who our hard charging guys are and how to communicate with them um, yep. to appeal to them that, Hey, this is in your best interest to maybe pull it back today or maybe not come in today and take a rest day um, away from the building. So the balance of that is, is tricky at times, um, but we're always going to err on the side of making sure that our guys are healthy and feeling good. And uh, when in doubt, uh, I prefer to be more conservative than push. Quality over quantity, you know. I mean, it's 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 kind of a kind of a broad based thing, but I mean, it it makes sense in a lot of areas. There's no you know, doubt. And, and it helps when you have a coaching staff that is open to these ideas. It starts yeah. with with uh, Zach, um, but it trickles down through our whole staff. Our whole staff understands how we uh, plan the year, how we plan training camp, and so. When I go to Rob Livingston and say, hey, Rob, uh, Nick Scott was high the last two days. If we can, let's pull him off. And I get no pushback. Rob is on board. Absolutely. Let's see if we can do this, do this, and get him back on track. Um, that makes our job as a performance staff a lot easier. And you just hit on a great final point. The fact that, you know, you and your staff are in the fifth year with Zach and his staff in their fifth year and just about everybody has been there for that time frame. All the coordinators, the head coach and all the coordinators, offense, defense, special teams, the entire time frame trickles down to a good number of the assistants. When everybody's been on that same page and putting this thing together over a five-year time frame, how valuable is that? It, it, invaluable, I think. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, um, you know, continuity, consistency is is very, very big in the way that we we do things. Now, everyone knows. We all, it's, you're not explaining things. Oh, this is the why we're doing it. Now we're refreshing these guys constantly on this is why we're doing practice like this, or 
this is why we're giving them an off day here. We do that, but everyone understands the system and it makes our job a lot easier uh, when everyone is bought into the same idea. Well, you've done a heck of a job. I'm telling you, coach, you've got uh, this, this football team is in as good a shape and is, uh, is physical and fast as any football team in the national football league. And I'll tell you, it's a, they, they, they really believe in what you're doing. I I know they've bought in. Well, I I appreciate it, Dave. Like I said before, I, I, uh, I take a lot of pride in what I do. And so do, so do Todd and Garrett and the training staff, everybody here, um, you know, is, is pushing for the, the, the big goal. You know, we all, we all want the same thing and, uh, you know, hopefully we can get that done this year. It's coming. It's going to happen. <laughs> Appreciate your time. I know it's valuable, Coach. Thanks for giving us some. No problem, Dave. Uh, see you at practice, man. Appreciate it. You're the man. Thank you. Right. See you. Dave Lapham here, and every day I am grateful for my experience to have played professional football. As a player, I realize self-motivation, leadership, and appreciating your teammates are key. At First Star Logistics, you can use those same attributes to create the life you want for you and your family. Build your future by working hard like I did. You'll see results both on and off the field. Call First Star Logistics today and be part of our winning team.